Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Bluetooth Mesh is arguably the biggest thing to happen to IoT since Bluetooth Low Energy sparked the revolution of beacon technology. Wearables and thousands of other products have driven the sale of billions of devices. We spoke to Simon Slupik, CTO of Silver and chair of the Mesh Working Group at the Bluetooth SIG and asked him to explain what the release of this new standard means, what Mesh is, why it was necessary and the applications that it enables. We hope you find this useful. Don't forget to subscribe to us on the Mr. Beacon website, YouTube, Facebook, or your favorite audio podcast platform. Simon, thanks for coming and doing the Mr. Beacon podcast with us. Um, in, the, in the Bluetooth world, you're a bit of a celebrity at the moment uh, because you chaired the, um, the Bluetooth Mesh uh, working group. <laughs> Uh, so you've been busy, uh, and uh, can you first of all start off just by telling us what, what's, what's new with Bluetooth Mesh? What's just happened? Um, adoption has just happened, and adoption is like the crowning moment in, in development of, of a specification that becomes part of the broad Bluetooth standard. Mm -hmm. So adoption is the moment when everything's ready, everything's proven to be interoperable, tested, and we unveil it to the world. So the mesh is now adopted, which means uh, products uh, can start using that spec and products can be listed, which is the Bluetooth uh, SIG term for uh, a binding contract in some way between a product vendor and the organization that holds the uh, intellectual property rights to uh, those specs and those products could hit the market. So this is becoming very exciting now, you know. Uh, 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 the long work and, and now products come to fruition and, and, and they show up. Well, very cool, congratulations on that. In our discussion today, what I'd like to do is just have you talk to us a bit about what Mesh is, what it means and what the applications are. Um, but before we get into that, how long has it taken to getting this actually into a released state? Uh, depending on what you consider a starting point. So formally, uh, we started a Bluetooth Mesh study group in 2014, uh, second half of 2014. And that study group was formed to work on uh, functional requirements. 
after the study group completed the collection of requirements and formulated an FRD document, a working group was formed and that was uh, the first meeting of the MESH working group was uh, early February uh, 2015. So if you take that as a starting point, it's uh, two years and a half. So it's a significant amount of work and it's a really big deal. I think, uh, you know, we had Bluetooth, we had uh, Bluetooth Low Energy uh, or Bluetooth Smart, I should say. And now, now we've got Bluetooth Mesh. Is, will Bluetooth Mesh products have their own brand or will they just be using the Bluetooth? Uh, today, uh, Bluetooth is using just a single brand, okay. Bluetooth, because like it makes things simple. Of course, under that brand umbrella, you have a variety of specifications, products, uh, use cases. Uh, they all use the same fundamental technology, the same fundamental uh, radio technology that uh, powers all of them. So that's the common denominator. And explain to us just briefly, what, what is Mesh? Yeah, so Mesh, uh, depending on like which angle you look at it, uh, but it's a, it's a network, it's a low power, or I would say even ultra low power uh, networking system, peer-to-peer -peer network. Uh, so it is a new topology for devices that use uh, Bluetooth radios. So, you know, Bluetooth uh, started back 19 years ago with, uh, of course, audio was the first application and that was over a point-to-point -point link. And this is how it still is today. Like your phone to your headset is a point-to-point -point link. Um, <clears throat> then uh, in 2010, Bluetooth Low Energy was integrated into Bluetooth World. And uh, Low Energy, it offers point-to-point -point links, uh, not for audio, but for uh, low data rate uh, devices like uh, accessories, uh, activity trackers. You know, it enabled all this <coughs> market of, of accessory devices, uh, human interface devices that connect to a central device that's in the middle. So Bluetooth uh, offers today this topology of several point-to-point -point links that hook to the central hub, which usually is your smartphone or mm -hmm. your uh, PC computer. Um, low energy also enabled applications that <coughs> use one-to-many topology. Uh, you've probably, uh, probably, you of course heard of beacons because yes. you're running the, 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 the beacon business and uh, and uh, so beacons is a new phenomena in, in, in Bluetooth uh, enabled by low energy and it's really a one-to-many broadcast topology. Right. Because you don't have connections, you have a device that broadcasts data and you have many devices around it mm -hmm. ad hoc that can make use of that data, interpret that in, in variety of ways. Now Mesh, it introduces many-to-many peer-to-peer connectivity. So you can have a complete network of devices, thousands of them, uh, organized in a network. So they all share uh, security credentials and they all have their own addresses and you have uh, unicast addresses and you can have group devices, group addresses for grouping devices and uh, Mesh organizes that system. That's the, so 
actually the mesh specification is three specifications. Uh, so the first fundamental is the mesh profile. It's the networking part. Mm -hmm. Security, networking, addressing, communication, publish, subscribe, how do devices communicate. You, it doesn't define what they are telling each other, what information they exchange. So on top of the mesh profile, we have a mesh model spec that is an application layer. It defines things, how they behave, uh, how they react, uh, who can talk to who about what. So in that mesh model spec, we have four main areas. One is called generics, which is <coughs> used to generically control any type of a device. So it contains things like binary on-off commands. Uh, so you can switch on your lights or you can switch on-off any other device and you have analog levels. So you can, for example, uh, send a message that, that controls level of something or that something can report the level of itself, whatever it is. That's mm -hmm. why we call it generics. Second part of the profile spec, of the model spec, is uh, sensors. Mm -hmm. And that's very important because uh, and it, it's very flexible and it builds on uh, a system of GAT characteristics that uh, has been developed for a number of years and mesh sensors built on top of that. So <coughs> we are enabling any type of a sensor to be a mesh device, including uh, things that we refer to as multi-sensors. So the, there are several sensors in one. So you can envision things like occupancy sensors combined with ambient light, and they are very popular in lighting applications. And uh, you can have temperature, you ha can have other environmental... That's kind of addressing this category of devices. But also within the sensor models, we have what we also refer to as sensors. We have means of reporting variety of statistics and maintenance data. So actually, any device uh, in IoT world can benefit from collecting and reporting its own data. And how flexible is that? Do it's designed to be ultra-flexible, so, so probably uh, we're covering today north of 90x percent of, of sensor applications uh, out there. Now, if anything is missing, uh, for example, there is a very unique type of a sensor that we haven't envisioned. Um, the good news is that the spec already covers that in some way. The only way that needs to be defined is the format and the meaning of the data. So you, you may say, okay, I have a device that reports whatever uh, fluctuations of uh, sunburn on, on a skin, whatever, and you define that as a 16-bit value or 50-bit value or whatever you like, and then you apply to Bluetooth 6 to assign an identifier for your type of sensor so that once somebody hears that sequence of the identifier and data, they know how to interpret that. So that's designed to be very quick turnaround cycle, you know. So, so if any new needs arise, we can satisfy them almost immediately. Then uh, third part of the model spec is uh, time and uh, connected to that scenes and schedules. So 
time we consider very important because propagation of time across networks is something that may bring very uh, important value to many many applications. So you know today probably you can count the number of, of, of devices that display time uh, in your home and, and they are not synchronized mm -hmm. usually and very often they uh, like blink mm -hmm. and uh, with zeros or the, they, they don't have the current readings when the daylight savings is on or off. So we see that as a very uh, fundamental application for the time model. So all those devices can form a mesh network and tell each other what time it is. Um, the other thing, as long as a device has a notion of time, it can have a, a table of schedules. So there can be a, a blind, a sun blind, for example, that uh, shuts down and up uh, depending on the program schedule, or the, there can be a variety of other uh, use cases when they are time-driven. So, so that's what time is about. And finally, final, finally, uh, last but not least, is the lighting part of the model spec. And that lighting part is really uh, very deep, I would say. It addresses not just simple uh, home lights, but it addresses the needs of professional lighting industry. So this is a completely new territory for Bluetooth uh, to invade. And uh, I'm very curious to see <coughs> what is the reaction of, of lighting companies when they uh, go through the spec and when they see the products. But the good news is that leading lighting companies were contributing to that specification. So we believe it's very solid. I was going to ask you, who's actually been working on this? Because I think that tells us something. The kind of companies that have been involved in this massive effort tells us a bit yes. about where it's going to be adopted. So the main contributors are listed uh, on one of the uh, initial page of each specification. So mm -hmm. you have the mesh profile spec, mesh model spec, and mesh properties, which is the third one. And of course, you have traditional companies who have always been there which are chip vendors, mm -hmm. companies who produce uh, Bluetooth silicon mm -hmm. that runs all those applications. So, so uh, I won't be going through all the names, no, no, uh, the kinds, you know, that's the, the kinds. The uh, other uh, companies that we are very happy to have on board are uh, the big guys, like Google, for example. Mm -hmm. So, so um, Google uh, has uh, actively contributed to the spec, and of course, they are listed as, as a contributor mm -hmm. uh, in the spec. And uh, finally, there are a few companies like ours. So um, we are a fairly young startup, and, and, and for us, this has been a great experience to be among all those big players and, and play such an important role in defining and developing that spec. So Silver, my company, is a uh, software lighting control company. That's how we define ourselves. So, so we, uh, our product is software stacks and applications and platforms for organizing lighting systems. And Bluetooth Mesh is the primary uh, platform slash technology to achieve that goal. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So you really had a, you had some skin in the game. This had to work because Silver's business and you're the CEO of that business is, is sitting on top of this. Yes. So for us, you know, it's been a very significant bet and uh, I would say a binary bet. I mean, uh, we bet everything on the technology and uh, for a reason, of course. So, so we had uh, not the greatest experience with other technologies and we quickly realized uh, it was somewhere around 2012-13 that, that really we want to use Bluetooth for uh, fundamentally this radio uh, is the best radio of choice uh, available today for this kind of applications and uh, yeah. So why not other radio technologies like, I mean Zigbee's famous for having some mesh functionality in it. Yeah, we played with Zigbee and related technologies before going to Bluetooth and we, it was a great learning experience. Mm -hmm. So we built our second-generation uh, lighting control system based on Zigbee radio and on uh, what we consider at the time the best breed of, of, of other uh, technologies and layers. So it was a full IPv6 solution based on Zigbee in sub-gigahertz uh, frequencies. So it seemed to have all the properties of a winning system. So it was easily traversing um, concrete walls and it was you know, IP based and it was like everything. And then the final product didn't work because we found it simply too slow and, and too heavy. And uh, it's like, I like using that uh, paradigm a lot. It's like building the next generation aircraft using steel as your primary material. You can build a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. It just won't fly. That's so cool. we, we learned that, that you have to start with a proper foundation. Like, you know, modern aircraft are built from, from latest generation composites. So, so for us, uh, Bluetooth radio is like this fundamental building block that guarantees that we will get the best performance. So you can have a great standard, but obviously key to any standard is adoption. And what's your view on where this is going to be adopted and how confident are you that this is going to be kind of live up to the rest of the Bluetooth standard? Yeah, so, so uh, we've taken care of that uh, to some extent when defining the requirements for the specifications. So one of the fundamental requirements for mesh uh, has been that it is backwards compatible with Bluetooth 4. So it means that in a nutshell, it's a software upgrade for existing Bluetooth devices. Of course, they have to have enough resources like flash memory, RAM, and things like that, and, and, and the vendors have to provide that update. But 
but it's only, quote, only a software update to everything that's out there. So your existing phones, they can do much today. Or a Bluetooth beacon, if I get a firmware upgrade. Yeah, if, if you, start if you, with mesh. absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the key. So, of course, this approach has a drawback that we are not based on the latest, greatest Bluetooth 5 radio, which mm -hmm. improves things even more. But mesh, by principle, has been designed for very rapid market adoption. And to prove that, uh, on day zero, uh, so the day of launch, uh, two vendors, uh, we were one of them, uh, qualified their stocks. So on day zero, at the day of adoption, you had, uh, you know, uh, two qualified uh, software stocks for, for Mesh available. That's something, uh, Bluetooth 5 is still uh, in the process of being developed into products. Mm -hmm. Mesh is you could say already developed. So now companies uh, are building uh, end products that will be hitting the market very soon. Let's talk about scalability because that's got to be one of the challenges with these mesh networks. They can potentially be very large and you've got nodes that are running on batteries. How, um, can you say anything about how you're going to make sure that this sort of flooding of packets doesn't wear down all the batteries and uh, exhaust the network? Yeah, it's a, it's a significant problem, I admit, and we have uh, what we believe very good means of addressing that problem. So there are a number of techniques that the specification envisions to uh, enable scalability. So again, you know, it starts with the radio itself. That's <coughs> way lighter, way faster than, than anything comparable. So a single mesh message, it occupies only 376 microseconds mm -hmm. of airtime on a given frequency. So that's 10 times better than anything else uh, available. You mentioned those other technologies. Mm -hmm. So we have an advantage here from the very start. And then uh, the architecture of the system is such that it enables, uh, through uh, planning, such deployment of those networks that they can really reach a high number of nodes. So we have networks uh, in pilot projects that are north of uh, 1,000 devices, and we know there is still room to, 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 to have more. I would say where other comparable networks say they are going to saturate, uh, we are running just fine, and that's because of the lightweight design. So I was talking about how the radio helps, but also what helps a lot, and I believe that's the very unique design uh, proposed uh, for Mesh, is that a Mesh message is very, very small. So uh, without compromising on security, uh, which is always the uh, biggest uh, overhead on transported payloads. Uh, we are able to squeeze the entire mesh message into a single uh, Bluetooth advertising PDU, which is uh, including all the preambles and, uh, and things, 40-something octets. So it's very small. And without going into a lot of detail, can you just give us a sense of, are there different roles within a mesh network? Like if I have a battery beacon and a powered beacon, are they going to behave the same or differently? 
Yeah, they can behave differently. So we have uh, support for low power nodes uh, through a concept of friendship. So that concept uh, allows uh, those low power devices uh, achieve very low duty cycles. So essentially uh, you can have a device that sleeps all the time and wakes up only to for a few hundreds of microseconds to transmit something and then uh, the friendship concept works kind of like a uh, email inbox. So that device can have a higher power, more capable friend device that helps caching messages directed towards the low power. So that friend uh, maintains a cache of messages and a low power device like a battery beacon wakes up once in a while, pings the friend device, hey, do you have anything for me? If not, then it goes to sleep immediately. So, so that, well, rounded to three, uh, uh, three decimal places, actually it's 0, 0.00 uh, duty cycle. So we can run for years. Well, I just want to wrap up, uh, but before we go, uh, any thoughts on what, what do you think the new applications are? We've got this new standard, this new capability. How do you expect this to impact the applications of Bluetooth in, in the future? Are there new things that are going to be possible that weren't possible before? Yeah, of course. So, so uh, you know, I envision and we are using lighting by purpose, on purpose. Uh, I envision a significant rollout of uh, Bluetooth mesh uh, communication fabric as digital ceilings. So, of course, the key motivator for that today is, is energy savings and lighting control, which uh, Bluetooth Mesh can uh, satisfy uh, by design. But once you have those lights in your ceilings that form a mesh network, they can be used to do many other things. So a light, for example, can receive uh, advertisements, Bluetooth advertisements from uh, asset tags. And these advertisements can be forwarded through the network to client applications that makes use, make use of that information. So you can envision uh, all sorts of asset tracking, uh, ad hoc sensory applications uh, being enabled by that. Of course, first, we need to have the widespread rollout of those digital ceilings, but I believe that will be happening fairly soon. And then beacons mentioned here a number of times. So I believe uh, one problem in large scale uh, beacon rollouts uh, has been the lack of standardized management interface for beacons. So, so beacons today can advertise, but from time to time you need to reconfigure them, check their status, uh, uh, reprogram them in some way, and there's no standard way of doing that. So, so uh, Mesh uh, aims to address this, this problem, and this is one of our uh, near-term roadmap items to, to add to, to Mesh, uh, beacon management, and uh, there are a couple of other uh, work proposals that uh, call for using mesh networks for uh, new applications. So, so the source of that is, as always, uh, Bluetooth website and the specification workspace. So, you know, 
uh, new work proposals can be browsed. So I encourage uh, people who are interested in our roadmap to just go there and look into what is in there. And if you find something interesting, then please join the group and contribute. We are member driven and all that happens. Uh, I'm just trying to facilitate. And, and, and it's really those people uh, from uh, individual companies who come and devote their time and effort to, to build the, 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 the specification. Well, it's quite an achievement. Uh, it's exciting. It sounds like it's really the end of the beginning and there's a lot, lot, lot of work to come and a lot of new uh, features and developments. Thanks very much for Thank sharing you. all this uh, great information about... I would say it's even beginning of the beginning. So, uh, oh, yeah, uh, we are, you know, V1, it's a great system, but just released and it just opens the imagination of what can be in front of us. So I'm very excited to see okay. Simon, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Steve. Great. What three songs would you take on a trip to Mars? When is the trip scheduled? Um, in about three months. Okay. Just laughing because, uh, yeah, I've had uh, such problem uh, before. So uh, it was way back into very early 90s uh, or even 1989 uh, I was uh, on a trip to Australia from Poland and for a year and <coughs> I had to like make a very careful selection because like the, the only thing I could take with me was a cassette tape so uh, actually I took two at that time one was uh, uh, Robert Plant's uh, Big Log, okay. which is still uh, on top of my favorite list. Oh. And the second, uh, at that time it was very popular, but I still love and <coughs> it keeps reminding me of many emotions of these days. That those days uh, is uh, Home by the Sea by Genesis. Okay, Genesis, yes. wow. I think that's a first for uh, our show. So and, so that's two, yeah. and <clears throat> third one, uh, that's actually coming back to me uh, quite frequently, is uh, probably less known. The title of the song is uh, I Hear, and the name of the band is Strange People. Uh, it's, uh, but you can find it okay. when you look for it. Yeah. And it's got a number of uh, very nice remixes, uh, trance remixes, which I also like. So it's variety of, you know, uh, uh, different uh, flavors, but uh, I think that would keep me running. Very good. So you're a runner, are you? I'm rather a hiker, I, um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I do like uh, activities. So, so um, um, snowboarding in winter, uh, you know, we have many opportunities for that in, in Europe. Um, and you're based in Poland? Right? I'm based in Poland, yeah. yes. So uh, Austrian Alps, Swiss Alps is where uh, we love to go and also I, life, I, I love uh, hiking a lot, right. backpacking. Uh, All right, sounds like you've got a good work-life balance there, that's to be commended. Trying to, trying to, although uh, I tend to be very emotionally attached to things uh, I'm doing, so like development of Mesh was like my personal story a lot, not only my, my business uh, stories. So. Very good. Well, thanks for that.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 